We are Americans, male and female, from many races and cultures from all over the world. One thing above all else is we are patriots who protect our nation and defend, when necessary, our Constitution from attacks both foreign and domestic. Today, as American patriots, we must take back our country from those who want to destroy it and us. We must start by taking back our children and their education. Parents, not union, should be in charge of our children's education. We must be sure that they are taught about the greatness of America and its people. Our children should not be indoctrinated with the belief that parents are racist and are evil and trying to destroy the world. As patriots, we must take back our country from foreign nations who want to destroy us and our way of life. Yes, as patriots, we want America to be first. We want an open and fair trade policy, energy independence, safe cities, and secure borders where we can grow and prosper as a nation of free people. Become an American patriot. Help take back America by voting Republican. Welcome to Black and White, a conversation with Dan Perkins. It's time to bring all of us together to talk about the issues that concern us. It's time to hear from people who want to deal with only the facts. And it's time for you, as Americans, to re-engage in your right of freedom of speech. It's time for you to join me in the conversation on Blacks and Whites. Welcome back. And uh, we have a guest who's been on the show before, Robert Bork Jr. And he's uh, he's written, uh, republished a book about his father, and he's got a co- commentary that we're going to talk about today. So uh, thank you for joining us again. I'm glad to be here. My pleasure also. Um, you, you're taking a hard look at the leadership such as it is at the Federal Trade Commission and what's going on there. I'm sure that uh, a lot of people in our audience have no idea what's going on. So I'm going to ask you to tell your story about what what you wrote about and why you wrote about it. Well, thanks, Dan. Uh, yes, the Federal Trade Commission is, I suppose, not very well known, uh, as perhaps is the Department of Justice. But the Federal Trade Commission uh, is the independent agency responsible for, at least in part, uh, uh, enforcing the competition laws, the antitrust laws, and also for consumer protection. Uh, the agency itself uh, you know, has been really a place, I think, uh, for a number of years, many years, decades, uh, where, professional, where professionalism prevailed and uh, serious inquiry into the economics of mergers and acquisitions and consumer protection uh, took place. With the uh, election of Joe Biden, uh, we saw uh, the uh, nomination and confirmation of a uh, lawyer named Lena Khan. So the short version is, I wrote a a piece in the Wall Street Journal a couple of weeks ago talking about Uh, calling for an investigation of Lena Khan, the current FTC chair, um, because of her horrible management of her department that has led to a collapse in morale, a departure of something like uh, 90 senior staff over two years uh, based on the way she's run the place. And I said, if they wanted an example, if, if Congress wants an example, of 
a similar investigation, they need no look no further than when the Democrats investigated the Republican chair of the FCC, Kevin Martin, mm -hmm. uh, when there were complaints about him, uh, and the Democrats did an investigation and wrote a report called Deception and Distrust. And everything in that report sounds a lot like what's going on with Lena Khan, the Democrat, uh, in the Biden administration. So I said, hey, you know, basically I said, what goes around comes around. It's fair, you know, it's fair, fair game. Uh, sure. And they should investigate her. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, Ms. Khan uh, is uh, notable because just a few years ago when she was in law school, and she's very young, she's just in her early 30s, uh, she wrote, an op wrote a, a law review uh, piece for the Yale Law Journal called The Amazon Paradox. And she basically attacked Amazon for being a monopoly. Um, this got her a lot of attention. And so she was nominated to be on the F FTC. Uh, and then immediately after her nomination, she her confirmation, with the help of some Republicans, I must say, uh, who thought she would be good at, at attacking big tech, uh, she was then elevated by the president to be the chair. And it's been all downhill since. Uh, she has uh, no management experience of any kind. Uh, some have described her basically as a fifth-year associate in terms of her experience. Um, and she uh, hired uh, a chief of staff who was kind of a bully, and she herself uh, somewhat so also, and really began to ride roughshod over the agency. So much so that in, within a year of her uh, confirmation and, and uh, there, and, and uh, she was, um, uh, the agency had an employee review, as all agencies do, uh, and the agency shot from the top of the rankings of uh, employee satisfaction to near the bottom uh, with uh, challenges or uh, criticism of, of her integrity, in fact. Uh, in the second year, it got worse. Uh, it, it, went, it went down even further. Uh, she has been uh, very secretive, keeping information from her fellow commissioners. Um, she has overridden staff uh, recommendations, which I guess is you know understandable. You're the chairman; you can do those things. But apparently, she does it with some frequency because they don't fit her ideological viewpoint. Uh, and she's brought a number of cases uh, against mergers uh, and acquisitions, um, and she's almost universally lost all those cases in court. So her judgment and her positions on the law are being rejected, not just by federal judges, but also by her own uh, administrative law judges. Uh, so it's, it's not been a good tenure for her. And it has culminated now <clears throat> in the second of the two Republican uh, commissioners. There are three Democrats and two Republicans, or there were. Uh, one of them resigned uh, just to move on after four years. And the, and the, and the the more senior one, uh, Christine Wilson, resigned rather noisily on the op-ed pages of the Wall Street Journal with a an op-ed explaining just what was going on at the FTC and how bad it is. 
And then in her letter to the president uh, submitting her resignation, she detailed even more things that were going on at the FTC, including things like, which we've heard before, uh, allowing zombie votes by commissioners. So there was a commissioner, uh, Bedoya, who left to run another agency, but he left behind a file of votes on issues at the FTC that were used like proxies after he left. Uh, so there's just it's just it's just really uh, a horrible show over there. And um, I wrote an op-ed the week after Christine's op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. I wrote my own calling for a congressional investigation, suggesting that uh, James Comer of the House Oversight Committee look into what's going on, because it really is uh, a disaster of, uh, of, of the first magnitude of running an agency. And I, and I should just, if I could just say, I suggested that the, that the Congress look no further for a model for this than what the Democrats did to the FCC chair uh, about six, seven years ago, uh, Kevin Martin, where they ev eviscerated him and wrote a report called Deception and Distrust, uh, which looks very much like what's going on at the FTC today. So that was that was my uh, attempt at getting some attention for this. And it makes, you, a di makes a difference, it really does. Did you tell me that there were a significant number of senior staff people who resigned? Yes, something like, I think it's 85 or 90 senior staff have resigned over the last two years. And, wow. and Lena Khan has been, and I have not, I'm, I'm doing research into this now, but I, she's recruiting replacements uh, from some rather ideological uh, organizations. Uh, uh, you know, one of the things Christine Wilson said of her, of, of Lena Khan is that uh, she's a Marxist. She she actually said it out loud at an ABA meeting, mm. um, and uh, she got asked. I believe it was PBS or a, another program. Alina Khan did, uh, and, and I think also at a congressional hearing, if she's recruiting from left wing organizations, and she sort of hemmed and hawed, but didn't deny it. So, look, that's her prerogative uh, as the chair. We we you know Republicans uh, recruit from conservative organizations, um, but uh, this is quite devastating because the, what they're trying to do is weaponize antitrust and turn it into uh, a, a method for layering on even more control of, of business and our economy to the point where I think, you know, wokeism and social, socialism are going to be the new world order here in, in America. So I wanted to ask you another question. It may not be in your area of expertise and if you want to not give your opinion, that's fine. Uh, we don't we don't really generally spend a lot of time reviewing questions in advance. I get <laughs> press briefings and then I make my own questions. One of the things that seems to be being talked about more and more is the acquisition by Chinese operatives of farmland uh, across the United States, especially farmland is contiguous to military operations and military bases. Does the Federal Trade Commission have any role in approving these acquisitions? No, it's not in their area of, of uh, responsibility at all. I guess that would, you know, I'm not sure. There, there, there is this organization um, 
is it CFIUS or something like that? that yes. I, and I can't tell you what that acronym stands for, but um, they approve uh, foreign purchases as they did uh, the purchase of American uranium, uh, also approved by Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, a number of years ago, so that right. the Russians now control uh, pretty much all of the uranium in the world. Uh, and, um, you know, and I would suppose that they would have some role in it or could if somebody brought it to their attention. And I guess also maybe the Department of Agriculture might have something to do with it. Right. Uh, so what's been the reaction to your piece? Um, universally, I think, uh, I should never say universally, it sounds too, too much, but I think generally speaking, it's been very positive. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think there's anybody who can deny, uh, she certainly can't, what I put in the piece. They're all, all well-known public examples of her mismanagement of the FTC and, and, and the purpose for which uh, she's undertaken this form of management, uh, which is to basically uh, dismantle the working uh, antitrust enforcement regime of the last 43 years um, because it stands in the way of the left-wing agenda. Uh, so, but I think everybody's been fairly positive about it. Uh, I have not actually heard anything from Congress about their interest in taking this on. They seem to be interested in a lot of other issues that I think uh, are some, some are more or less important. Uh, but uh, but I, I'm hopeful that as long as we keep shining a light on this, uh, we'll keep the, the FTC at least in somewhat of check. And we have up to a point now because the legislative agenda of the Democrats in antitrust was thwarted in the last Congress, and now with the House Republican House, they're not going to be able to pass any uh, any bills. We're having a conversation with Robert Bork Jr., who's been talking to us about the turmoil at the Federal Trade Commission. We'll be right back after these messages. Will more than two banks fail? Is it time to buy gold? Recently, the FDIC took over two banks that were in trouble. Now we have reports that an additional 20 regional banks have an excess of $650 billion in bond losses. The Fed admits that their increase in interest rates have done little to bring inflation under control. They may well increase the amount and frequency of interest rates. Isn't it time to consider gold in your portfolio? From January 1st, 2023 to today, the price of gold is up twice as much as the S&P 500. Go to blacksandwhites.us, click on the gold bar, and reach out to Advisors Metals and ask Ira, is gold right for you? Call now. It's important. Welcome back. We're speaking to Robert Bork Jr. about the Federal Trade Commission and a recent op-ed piece that he wrote for the Wall Street Journal. And uh, I wanted to I wanted to pursue a little different tact, uh, same church but a different pew. Um, the the way you described in the opening session about this person's capabilities and qualifications to be commissioner. Could be said about a lot of commissioners or leaders or cabinet level of officials in the Biden administration. Why do you think they're having so much difficulty? Um, because, well, this is a, a gross generalization, but it happens to be, I think, largely true. Uh, first of all, they're largely very ideological and they have very little experience in actually running anything. Uh, they, most of them, at least on the economic issues have no experience running a business 
and uh, their views are driven by a worldview that is very left-wing and these days very woke. Uh, and uh, that's why I think they're having trouble. Uh, and so they find themselves working against, excuse me, working against um, uh, the interests of the country and then causing problems which make their jobs even harder. I mean, let me just, we're, we're in the middle of serious inflation uh, and yet the FTC and the Department of Justice Antitrust Division, two things I know the most about, are busy um, you know, bringing cases and basically uh, trying to kneecap companies that create America's innovation and job creation and wealth creation and um, you know, and then they wonder why things aren't going so well. So it's, it's, it strikes me that you know they should be if they were more focused on freedom and innovation and job creation rather than uh, you know their resentment of bigness, uh, they would uh, they would have a better outcome. Not to say that we don't need to have consumer protection, but we don't need to have sort of a blind ideological attack on anything that's uh, large and successful. I've had the opportunity on several occasions to interview uh, Carol Lieberman, who is a uh, board certified psychiatrist and specializes in uh, expert witness testimony into trying to determine, helping the court to determine what was the mindset of the particular person in the crime that they were accused of. And she was on my show, she's been on several times, and she said on one of my shows that she felt that the, the leadership of the Biden administration were what she characterized as the worst chess players in the history of government. I said, what do you mean? She said, they do not have the ability to understand what the longer term ramifications are for the decisions that they make today. They make decisions for the moment, but don't care about or understand how to think about what the re reactions. And one of them, she gave an example, when, when we shut down oil pipelines, um, it didn't take an economist to figure out that if you impact supply, prices will go up. And the idea that wind and solar was going to replace energy overnight was a, a, a huge misassumption. But she says the, the administration in many, many, many areas is <clears throat> not, does not have the capability at the senior level to figure out what's going on, what could be going on longer term. And I think the American people are beginning to understand that by they see what happens in the decisions that Joe Biden and his, his leaders have made. Same thing true in, in Federal Trade Commission. They don't have any vision of the future. Oh, I think they do have a vision of the future. It's just horribly misguided. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, based, it's entirely left-wing ideological. And it doesn't matter what the effects are. In fact, it's some it, it, it it's in a way kind of frightening because they keep doing things that don't work, 
I think under the theory that if they keep throwing spaghetti against the wall, something will eventually stick and, and they will have made a difference. But I think, you know, I, I, I think that people talk about Washington cocktail parties. I don't know if they have those anymore, but I suspect they do these things and then go pat each other on the back at, at you know, some gathering or another and feel good about themselves at the same time as they're inflicting enormous costs on the economy and enormous costs on real people, on consumers, um, without any regard. And do you have a sense as to where where it's coming from? I, I understand that you just said the wokeness, but where do you think? Where did the wokeness come from? What started it? What, what oh my, was the you know, somebody asked me a similar question the other day, and I have to think back to the 60s. Uh, and I was a kid, but my father was a professor at Yale Law School then. And at a time when the schools began to get radicalized and they were doing things like oh, lighting books in the Yale Law Library and setting the library on fire uh, and things like that. Uh, and, you know, and, and then of course, other riots elsewhere over the war and other things. But that whole protest and that whole left-wing mindset has been institutionalized in the universities now. And, and the people who are running the government now, not Joe Biden so much, but uh, he's got other issues. Um, but, you know, the Lena Khans of the world and, and the others who are, you know, in their 40s and 30s, 40s and 50s come out of that. They come out of American universities that are almost universally uh, left progressive organ, you know, uh, groups and where they don't tolerate dissent or critical thinking in the, in the way I mean it, not the way they mean it. Um, and so you have, why are we surprised that when those people take the reins of government, they want to, you know, drive us into a ditch and think that that's success. You know, and, and, I think that there's also a belief from their standpoint that um, they realize that many of the things that they're talking about they want to do have been tried before. But as you said earlier, they're going to do the same thing over again, expecting a different outcome, primarily because it's them doing it. Right. Well, you know, they one, are of the the different. one of the things that the left always likes to say is, well, socialism has been tried, but it wasn't done right. You know, <laughs> so we're going to do it right this time. And then when it doesn't work, they say, well, we didn't, we can, we, can, we should try again because we didn't do it right. We have to do it right. Or we, you know, actually it's interesting. This, this Tim Wu, who was a professor at Columbia University's law school, and then went into the White House at the beginning of the Biden administration to be responsible for competition policy and all this, this to help manage this antitrust a revolution that they're trying to, to do there. He's since left uh, just in the last couple of months. He gave a speech not long ago in uh, Brussels, I think it was, where he was complaining that they couldn't get a lot of what they wanted to get done because Congress is the least democratic, he meant with a small d, I think, least democratic branch of government. You know, I'm glad I was sitting down when I heard that because what he's saying is, that uh, 
you know, it, it, that's sort of the, the big excuse. Well, we couldn't get it done because we couldn't try it the way it was meant to be tried. And uh, I, I say, frankly, Congress is the most democratic for the most part uh, branch of, well, certainly the most democratic branch of government. And that the fact that they could not get their agenda through antitrust agenda through Congress suggests to me that they lost on democratic principles. You know, they couldn't get the votes. People wouldn't vote for their crazy ideas. In fact, Chuck Schumer kept things from getting to the floor and he's a Democrat, so. Right. So we, we, we've got a situation today where um, I wonder how things would be different and your thoughts had the Democrats kept control of the House. Uh, we would be on a... Uh roller coaster to hell i think um you know on the other hand it, it, you know if, if that were the case then i think this agenda would you know a lot of their agenda would get through um or more things would get through uh, but i should as i'm saying on the other hand they couldn't get it through when they had both at least this right. antitrust stuff so it's politics, uh, Jake, you know, from Chinatown. It's we're in Chinatown and not things, things don't always work the way even the Democrats think they should work. Do you think the American people are becoming aware of what's really going on in their country? I think some are. I think some don't pay any attention whatsoever. And I think that's a large segment. And I don't mean to be insulting of people, but, you know, there's a lot, they have a lot going on in their lives, just keeping the lights on and you know food on the table so it's uh i don't expect them to spend a lot of time looking at antitrust policy uh or you know some of the more intricate issues facing the country but uh that's what we're here for my my group the antitrust education project we're trying to make these issues understandable to real people uh and part of their lives what other ones are you working on? Well, the Antitrust Education Project, uh, you know, we, we're also looking at ESG. It's, it's our new new focus for us, the environmental social governance uh, movement and how that may in fact be an antitrust violation. But I, I think we can do another program on that sometime if you'd like. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're just about out of time. Tell people where they can find uh, the book about your father and uh, follow you and your organization. Well, my father wrote the, the, the book about antitrust. It's called The Antitrust Paradox, and it's available on uh, at Barnes and Noble and Amazon. And uh, our website is antitrusteducationproject.org. And they can also find us on Twitter at, uh, at, uh, at antitrustedu. We've been speaking to Robert Bork Jr. Thank you, sir, for joining us again. Hope to Always have you back fun. Soon. Always fun. Thank, Thank you. you. My pleasure. Thank you. We'll be right back. Why do Democrats hate Americans so much? When Hillary was running for president, she said half of Donald Trump's supporters were, quote, a basket of deplorables. Recently, Joe Biden, at a speech in Philadelphia, told America that half of us are semi-fascist terrorists. Under the First Amendment of the Constitution, we have the right to express our opinions. And if we disagree with the left, they don't have the right to take away our freedom of speech. Clearly, the statement by Hillary and Biden 
are designed to silence the conservatives in America. Many Americans find it easier to go along with the left and give up their right to disagree. What would America look like today if our founding fathers would have given in to the king and not fought for their freedom? Today we must fight to take America back. Join the new generation of patriots who believe in the Constitution. Join the new revolution in America.